What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin LeFave. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LeFave, on Twitter at JevinLeFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. Head to the YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy, to find all the full episode podcasts. Today, I welcome on my brother and or my future brother in law, Tanner. Rennick, we touch on the full week six slate of the NFL. Uh, we spotlight the primetime games. We quickly run through every other game. We touch on the John Gruden news. We hit some NHL headlines, some contract extensions, some injuries, suspensions, all that sorts of jazz. And we hit on the first week of the Canucks slate, as well as time for the press questions. It was a very packed episode. And we tried to keep it <coughs> short and entertaining for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and enjoy the show. It's episode 63 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin LaFave. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave, on Twitter at JevinLaFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. If, you're, uh, if you haven't headed to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy. Click the bell, like, comment, do all that sorts of jazz. Tonight, I'm welcoming back. My now future brother-in-law, Tanner Rennick. How's it going, buddy? Good, how are you, man? Congrats on the big news. This is obviously brought up, what was it, about a week ago now? Yeah, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Congrats on the news, buddy. It's big. Yeah, it's big news. Can't believe she said yes. Yeah, can't (laughs) believe she said yes. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. (laughs) Well, we are glad to have you within the family, but how have you been lately, despite that? What have you been up to? Pretty good, man. I just got back from a 10-day hunting trip with some of my buddies. We were hunting moose, and uh, it was pretty good. We got one moose, uh, one bear, so pretty successful trip. That's what you went down there for, so it's always good to haul something back. Yeah, exactly. But um, this was... uh, We can kind of go back to the thanksgiving weekend because obviously some big news dropped and we'll start in the nfl because that's was probably the more busier weekend but john gruden has resigned as the las vegas raiders head coach due to emails that were found under his name that were misogynistic uh considered racist and some homophobic emails in regards to draft picks, referees, and all that sorts of jazz. I'm pretty sure there was reported like 65,000 emails found. Not like all from him, but like just amongst coaches and GMs and stuff. But what was your first initial reactions or initial reaction to the strong Gruden news? Well, first of all, I was kind of blown away, but... um... I mean, it's kind of like 
times have changed where like all this stuff is kind of coming to the surface where we're in a day and age where everything is a lot more out there with social media and stuff. Yeah. And as soon as something like this comes out, like it's just explodes. Right. Yeah. 100%. And it was just, it was tough news to hear, but I mean, Gruden kind of screwed himself over and pissed away that what? $10 million a year contract. Yeah. Like hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough for the Raiders now because they were off to a good start too. And I feel like without him kind of in the mix, it's going to be a bit tougher for them to, it's just a big distraction for the team really. Right. Yeah. No, I 100% agree because like this was all kind of dropped uh, a few days prior to Thanksgiving and then Canadian Thanksgiving, by the way, for American listeners. But um. Yeah, within like more and more information coming out about like what types of emails are being sent, within like twenty minutes, John Gruden resigned. So it was it wasn't like a couple day process since it started heating up. As soon like as soon as all of this started dropping, then Mark Davis drove over to his house or no, drove to the uh stadium where John Gruden was and then they talked and then he was like, Yeah, I'll just resign. So it was like it was good that it happened like the resignation happened quick so it wasn't a carried on distraction even though it still is a big distraction but the quicker you get it over with then the quicker people can move on but when it came out i was very like taken back along with you and it was kind of compounded because before the season had started carl nasib who's on the raiders came out as being homosexual and then all this stuff kind of comes out kind of a quarter of the way through the season. So and yeah. same, same coach of the same team. Right. So it's just like compounded and it's way worse. The yeah. It's just way worse. Right. No, hundred percent. When, cause that's where everyone went to first. When this news came out, it was like, what does this mean for Carl Nasib, 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 like however you want to pronounce it, but like everyone brought that up. Like, wow, like what was that rock locker room like? Because Carl Nassib, he couldn't have known that Gruden was that type of way, but we don't know how Gruden was like behind closed doors. And so, yeah, it was like what was going through Gruden's mind when that information about Nassib came out. Right. Yeah, it's, it's tough to kind of think about what he his, was really thinking deep down, but I mean, it's definitely not a good look for him. No, I um I completely agree, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the Raiders go from here on out. I mean, they had a big win this weekend, but how's the rest of the season going to carry out? I really hope that they can kind of work through it and they do kind of keep things rolling because um, I think they are a pretty solid team and it'd be nice to see them kind of keep keep it going. No, for sure. I totally agree. All right, let's, um, we're going to rewind. We're going to, again, stay in, within the NFL and we're going to rewind back to Thursday night. Tampa versus Eagles. Tampa wins 20-22. to 22. Eagles with the backdoor cover. These assholes i had a parlay 
two within the NHL, and then this, the minus seven spread. And I was all I needed was the Bucks to cover by like eight points. And when the Eagles converted that two point conversion, I almost like tore the our basement apart. <laughs> <laughs> These, gosh, it was just like, I mean, like Tampa pretty much outplayed them the whole entire game. Brady got away with one interception, and then like he threw one not too long after. But what was your thoughts on the game if you caught any of it? Uh, I only caught the first little bit of the game. I think I kind of switched it off once uh, once the Bucks were kind of doing their thing, right? Yeah. Then I looked back, and I was like, oh, the Eagles are kind of making it a bit of a game here. And, uh, yeah, I, I was just scrolling through Twitter, and I just saw, like, all the, like, sad-faced memes of all the – Bucks betters losing their, yeah. their cover bets. Because <laughs> a lot of them, all of them weren't even like as bad as mine. Like theirs was like six and a half. So if, like, if the Eagles just kicked an extra point, then they still would have covered. Yeah. Versus, um, for some people's books, but that two point conversion Screwed fucked everyone. over a lot of people. <laughs> Vegas knows, man. It's crazy how well they can put those lines, man. It's ridiculous. It like, because it always seems like, all right, yeah, no chance. Bucks are up by like twenty-five, but then it always comes down to like within like three points of the spread, and it's like, how are they doing this? Some mad algorithms, probably. Yeah, I don't even want to imagine. But I, uh, I have a few points here. Is AB back? Is he like... Yes, 1,000%. He's back. Because him, him and Brady got something going on this year. It's unbelievable, like, the return he's made. He's, he has to be their best receiver, no? I mean, the way he's playing and the way he's kind of bringing back... Because he never really fell off. He fell off mentally, but he was still wider top five wide receiver when he pieced out on the Steelers yeah we like everyone knew the talent was still there it's just a matter of when when is this guy gonna get his head on straight yeah to get back on track to what he was doing before and obviously it's coming together this year right yeah like he because how long ago was that like two years ago three years ago yeah it was all when he went from Steelers to the Raiders right yeah so I think that was 2018. 2018. Yeah. So he was top five wide receiver because I know that because I had him in fantasy. And then he like went buck wild, went to the Raiders. And I don't think he ever played a game for them. No. And then he signed with the Patriots not too long after, played one game, had like 50 yards and a touchdown, yep. got released, and then went to the Bucks. right? That was his. Yeah, yeah that's his timeline. And – but so like there wasn't a, he didn't like age a ton and he didn't necessarily lose any steps within that timeline. It was just him not playing that kind of made him lose a step. It wasn't necessarily age or anything. So like he still has the talent there, and I think now it's just finally like coming together. Like that connection's just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and I feel like a big thing has helped him out too. Is like. Uh, teams are putting their number one DBs on like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and stuff, and AB's kind of slipping in behind with all the the secondary guys. So 
Yeah, I mean, him and Brady really got a good connection this year, and he's been an absolute steal if you have him in fantasy, too. Honestly, because, yeah, he's he's having some big games, and he still looks, that route running still looks elite, and, yeah, he can turn small plays into big plays in a matter of that. So, yeah, that was crazy. And then another thing I, that stood out to me, the Eagles still aren't running the ball. Like Jalen Hurts is running, but Miles Sanders only had nine rushing attempts Thursday night. I know it's kind of weird. It's like, are they just? Is that just because they've been playing from behind like majority of their games, or like, is their O line pretty bad? I thought they weren't they supposed to have a good O line this year, like one of the best O lines. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to have at least a good enough O line to run the ball more. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. I don't really know like what's going on with that Eagles coaching staff. I mean, it is a new coach, so that could be part of the reason, right? Like going into um going into this week and um going into this year, their backfield was like looked at as a very solid backfield with Sanders and Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, to younger running backs but they're supposed to look at looked at pretty good but if you're only like having like 15 combined rushing attempts between the two of them Gainwell didn't even get an attempt on Thursday night it was just Sanders and Hertz who ran and Sanders only had nine handoffs like that's just crazy to me because of how talented Sanders is yeah I know I think they definitely need to get him more involved if they want to be more successful because they're relying way too much on throwing the ball right now and teams are picking up on that, right? Yeah. You gotta you gotta be like multi dimensional in your offense if you want to be successful in the NFL. Hundred percent. And running back to the position where you need to keep them going, right? The more they run, the better they'll produce throughout the game unless yeah. they're just getting absolutely eaten in the backfield. But if you just give them nine attempts, that's it's not even three times a quarter. Like that's just Yeah. Just get cold. Absurd. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's Thursday night. Uh, the London game. Jags get their first win of the season. Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, first NFL win. What were your thoughts on this one? Is Kind of a like, stinker game. Not two great teams, but I did. I was just up early that morning, so I just decided to throw it on, whatever. And uh, the crazy part was that new kicker that the Jags have just – Biggest nuts ever, hitting two huge field goals, one to tie the game and then one to win it. <laughs> just unbelievable. Yeah. Because didn't wasn't he just signed onto the roster like not too long before that? Yeah, I think something health-wise with Lambo, their regular kicker, and I think, yeah, he just – they picked him up off someone's practice squad, I think. I couldn't remember who. And he just comes in and just grabs him the first dub over, yeah. over the Urban- pond. You know, Urban Meyer was out with the ladies after that one in London. <laughs> <laughs> Bangers and mash, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Tua had a so like an okay. I didn't catch a lot of the game. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't catch any of it. I just caught some highlights and stuff. But he threw for over 400. Is he still the guy in Miami? Like, are they trying to almost play it into existence that he's the right guy, or should they kind of start looking towards? I think he is. I think he just—he's still young. I think he's got a bit of growing to do. Still, he 
he threw a couple, but I think it was two or one bad picks in that game. And they were pretty crucial picks. Like, I think one was, like, the receiver was nowhere near where he threw it. Threw it basically right to the defender. And it's like, those are the things he's going to kind of correct over time and grow as he gets more accustomed to the NFL. And I think I think they, he, they're, he's definitely still their guy. He just needs time. Because I also saw another graphic that he was, like, two yards away from rushing for a first down, and he threw it. And then it just like turned into a fourth down where he could have just tucked it and run. Yeah. So maybe like, do you think injuries play into that? Like he's afraid to run? Very well could be. I mean, that was his first game back from injury, right? So could be he's, uh, he's a little bit scared, but I mean, I think he's, he's going to be fine. I mean, because he hasn't had the smallest injuries, right? He almost had a career ending one at, in Alabama with his hip. And then. What did he do this time? He like broke ribs or something? Yeah, it's like fractured ribs or something like that. So it's like it's not like a, you know, like a sprained ligament in your like. It's not like something like minor, small. Yeah, minor. It's like those are two pretty like substantial injuries that could impact your mental strength. Just like okay, like is everything operating correctly or is like is there something wrong with me if i decide to slide is my hip gonna just do what it did last time like if i tuck it and run am i going to get more broken ribs and sent me because it's been proven that he's fragile well, so he's a, he a smaller guy too and like when he got hurt this last time he got absolutely crunched by that d lineman <laughs> So, like, he could be a bit nervous, and that could be playing a factor into it too, right? Yeah. Is uh, Flores on the hot seat? Uh, what are they, one in five now, right? I mean, I think a lot people expected a lot more from him this year for sure. I mean, People thought they were going to compete for the division, and they're in third place. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? That just goes to show how, like, unpredictable the NFL is, right? But, I know. Uh, uh, I don't think Flores is in the hot seat. I think they still have time to turn it around. I mean, Tua was hurt, so that does kind of suck. Jacoby Brissett isn't really the the same guy that Tua is. So yeah, I think uh, they would have to have a pretty bad season for him to get fired. If they don't win more than five games, what do you think? Oh, so tough to say. Because they've been like, on this steady incline year after year, right? Yeah, I see you give him I see you give him another season. Yeah, for at sure. Least. I, I agree too, yeah. Because I think a lot of people would be playing recency bias, but a lot of people forget like like they were a ten win team last year. Yeah, they've been on that for sure. So I think with such a weird season, like if it's the same thing next year, then maybe like I think Optus, Optics just looked bad this week, too, because they did lose to the Jags, and it was, like, the Jags' first win in, like, 20 games or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's true. Sunday slate. There's a lot to go through. We don't have to touch on every single one, or we can quickly do it, but we can just quickly touch on a bunch. But the Raiders, after the John Gruden incident, they have a clutch win within the division against Denver. Henry Ruggs decided to go off three catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Um, what like do you think the Raiders can stay hot and stay rolling and 
make a playoff spot? I think so, yeah. I really, I really think the Raiders have a good team. Um, their offense is stacked. Derek Carr is good. Um, defense has been playing pretty solid. So I haven't really watched like much of the Raiders' like actual games just because there's so much, so many games to watch on Sundays, right? Yeah. But um, I do definitely like the Raiders and their chances of making playoffs this year. I definitely think I was wrong about the Raiders. A lot of people said watch out for the Raiders, but I didn't really believe the hype. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm being proved wrong because they've been consistently solid, at least. But um, the Cardinals, 6-0. and are they, the, are they the truth? Like, uh, Do you think this is just like a one-off season, or do you think that they've... Because I've already always considered them like the little brother of the NFC West. Like San Francisco, the Seahawks, and Rams are always just so much better. But do you think the Cardinals have mm-hmm. surpassed that? Well, it sure friggin' seems like it now that they're six and zero, right? And yeah. everyone was everyone after their preseason. Everyone was so worried about them, like, oh, they their offense isn't putting it together, and like they obviously overreacted to what they did in the preseason because they've been on absolute fire in the regular season so far. Yeah. And um, what do you think about the Zach Ertz acquisition? Oh, I love it, especially for fantasy because I have in fantasy, so in dynasty. So I hope I hope him going there really kind of gives him a new start. And he obviously needed out of Philly, and hopefully him and Kyler have a good connection. I think that like that offense, I think is pretty scary now. You got yeah. Murray in the back with James Conner and got uh, not Edward. Um, Edmonds, Edmonds in the backfield. And then you got Zach Ertz flying up the middle. And then you got D-Hop, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, and A.J. Green. And yeah. say what you want about A.J. Green, but he's resurrecting this year Yeah, in Arizona. So that's a scary offense, and their defense is playing solid. Byron Murphy. Um, is it Buda Baker? Buda Baker, yeah. And Buda Baker. J.J. Watt. Yeah, and then Isaiah Simmons is yeah. taking a step up. So that's like, I don't think they're like a laughing stock anymore. And you want to talk about uh, take that look silly now? I say Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the first coach fired this year. <laughs> Cards are six and zero. Oh. When did you predict that? It's like before the regular season. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Tough one. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, I was chalk, wrong. Chalk up the L. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Um, is Washington the most disappointing team this year? We'll move on to the Chiefs football team. But they get pumped by the Chiefs 31-13. to 13. And I know it's the Chiefs, but Washington only putting up 13 points, and their defense is supposed to be so amazing. Are they the most disappointing team this year? I'm not disappointed, but I think a lot of people are. I never really bought into the hype of the, uh, their, their, I don't know, the preseason hype that everyone saw in them. I mean, yes, their defense was pretty good. And then I think it's like so blown up just because they have Chase Young, right? He's such a presence out there. Yeah. And I think you need more than just one guy to be a complete defense. I mean, they're secondary, kind of iffy, right? Yeah. So. I don't know. And really, was their offense that great? They have, okay, they have Terry McLaurin and like Logan Thomas, but now he's hurt. So 
I don't know. I, I never really bought into it at the start of the year, so I'm not really too surprised. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people had him like winning the division, and yeah, I know. that was me too. But um, moving on, uh, the Rams topple the G-men. Uh, Daniel Jones, um, after that performance, just stay hurt next time. Okay, you really hurt my week in fantasy. That game was tough to watch, man. Yeah, it was just a slaughter fest. Yeah, he had three interceptions and a fumble. Back to his old ways. It was, it was gonna, like, he was playing out of his mind, and out of his mind is just a standard quarterback play. Yeah. But um, is Daryl Henderson an RB one in this league? I think he's proven it, man. Like, Cam Akers getting hurt kind of really opened up the door for him. So yeah, and he's still so young, right? I know. It's only the, his third third year in the league, so yeah. I think he, if he keeps balling out this year, I think the Rams might decide, hey, we this might be our guy, right? I mean, he hasn't, like, he hasn't really had a bad game this year. Like he's yeah, he, consistent, right? Yeah, solid. Like he's getting like seventy rush yards a game. He's good in the uh, goal line because he's a big back, and he's good in catching out of the backfield. Like, you can't really ask much more from a running back, and he's producing. In that, And, like, it's hard to see a running back produce that much in such a high-level offense because usually it's one or the other. But the Rams, like, Stafford's getting his – he's firing. Like, he's slinging it right now. And Henderson's still, like, doing it on the ground. So it's really hard for defenses to, like, plan for them because they can kill you in both – aspect so i think i think henderson can emerge as an rb1 like even after this season like i wouldn't be surprised if someone tries to trade for a running back out of la whether it's acres or henderson or something you never know how guys are going to come back from an achilles injury too right especially running back so i mean i think they're pretty solid right now running back even with uh with acres out no i uh, i totally agree uh, Colts dominate the Texans. Jonathan Taylor had a big game, 145, 145 yards, two touchdowns. This one is kind of whatever. I didn't really pay attention to this one. It's kind I don't of, really watch any of the games the Texans are in. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, the Bengals. Um, is Jamar Chase, could he emerge as, is he like a top 10 receiver, do you think? Because yes. he's, he's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, he's a freak. And everyone was like so concerned with this. Oh, he can't can't see the ball, right? And yo, that quote was taken so far out of context. Oh, it was I know. unbelievable. The media just took it and ran, man. Cause did you see the question? No, that what was, was the asked? question. It was like, what's the difference between a college ball and an NFL ball? So he stripes, is, right? so all he said he was like, Well, the stripes aren't on the football, so it's a bit harder to see, but that's about it. And then people were like, that's why Jamar Chase is so bad. He can't see the ball, all that. And it's like, you guys, are, that's not what he said. He was answering a question about what's the difference between the two. And he just said the obvious one was the stripes. And he yeah. said, yeah, obviously it's going to be easier because you see stripes coming around. But that's, it's not like it, he didn't say that it was hard to catch an NFL football. It was just not as easy because there's not stripes on it. So like yeah. that quote was taken so far out of context. I was 
howling at it. And I'm not surprised at all that he's setting off right now because yeah. I think that Burrow Chase connection is coming back to haunt. It's going to haunt the league for a few oh, years. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I mean, they played together in college and you can just see they have that rapport together, right? Yeah. And do you still think that it was the right choice to pick him or should they have gone offensive line? I think he's kind of a generational talent at wide receiver, so I think you have to take him. And it also helps that you have his college QB. Exactly, right? If, uh, if we don't take him and he goes nuts, how stupid are we going to look? Yeah. No, it's a. I, I also think Burrow had a part to play in that. He was probably oh, like. for sure. Yeah, he was probably like, yeah, we can sign offensive line through the off season or just get some next draft, but get my guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Um, Packers beat the Bears. Rodgers, quote unquote, owns them. Did you see this quote? <laughs> I watched the whole game because I was with Brian. So big Packers fan. So I had to watch that game. But yeah. When he ran it in. Yeah. Did the, yeah. Old belt, did the old belt and then yelled at all the fans. I own you. I still fucking own you. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that was like, <laughs> that was the most alpha move I've ever seen in my life. Cause he was like, yeah, I was, as soon as I got the touchdown, I kind of blacked out and I just saw this girl, uh, giving me the double bird. So I just told her that like, I own the whole <laughs> Chicago bears. And I'm like, that is amazing. I'm back on the Rogers train. And I think this game should have been even more Blow. There was one touchdown that got called for uh, offensive pass interference. You see that one? Um, it was on uh, Equinemia St. Brown. He was in the end zone, caught it in the end zone. He literally just touched the defender, turned and caught it, and they called him for offensive PI. It was pretty bad. Yeah, those ticky-tacky calls are so frustrating. It's unbelievable. It's like those ones and the soft roughing the passers and then the uh all the taunting that they're calling the series just like yeah. way too blown out of proportion yeah no i uh i 100 percent agree i what some of the calls that like frustrate me the most is like illegal touching where it's like a running i would receive like they'll be playing like zone defense and a linebacker or whatever will put his hands on like the shoulder and the guy will just like kind of move it back a bit and then he'll get called for like illegal touching when it had no impact on the play. Some of those are like, they, they get to me. I'm like, why are you calling penalty when like they're on the other side of the field? Yeah. It made no difference in the play, right? Yeah. But, um, the Vikings carve the Panthers, Dalvin cook, Kirk and Thielen had, over 130 yards in each of their respected categories and a touchdown. Kirk, I think, threw for like 375 and three touchdowns. So big game from the um, their weapons on offense. But uh, what are your thoughts on Darnold in Carolina? Do you think that he can succeed there? Or is he just going to kind of stay the same? No, I, I, really, I think he's looked a lo- obviously a lot better than he did with the Jets. Yeah. And I think it was a great move to go out and get him for the price that they got him at. Yeah, they got him for like a third and a sixth. Yeah, which is which is pretty good. So I think give him a bit more time. He's he's only going to get better, and that puts that on that team. He's younger than Burrow. 
Which is crazy to think about, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's been in the league for what, two, two three years longer than him? And two years longer had, than him? His coach on the Jets was Adam Gase. So he had no chance. That guy does, yeah. Yeah. Like, I th- I still think that some people might still call him like a trash quarterback, but he's in a much better situation, and I think it's only gonna go up from here because he's still having a much better season from last season. So I think he's gonna take off pretty soon. This game was a lot was expected to be a lot closer than it was. Uh, Baltimore torches L.A. Chargers. What was it? 43 to 6? Something like that. I was fucking rattled because I had money on the Chargers spread. They didn't even look like the same team, man. Yeah, it was was very unlike the Chargers. Um, Apparently, we're also back in 2015 because Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, and Latavius Murray got in the end zone. Devontae Freeman was their leading rusher with 53 yards. Like, it, is Lamar Jackson, is he going to finish as, like, top three MVP this year? Because I think, I think he will. Yeah, and I was so incredibly wrong on Lamar that it's, yeah, um, I'm willing to eat that. I mean, mind you, it didn't really show this game. He didn't necessarily have that much success within the air. But, I mean, the last few games he's been torching. So, I'll eat my words there. But. I think I saw a thing today that he's on a better pace than he was his MVP season so far. So if he keeps it up, has a good chance. But I also think Stafford could be the front runner right now for MVP, the way he's playing. Yeah, Stafford's been playing out of his mind as well. Um, This one, and also another MVP candidate is the one he just torched. By like 38 points. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert could be a sneaky one in there. Maybe even finish top five in voting. Not necessarily. Just because he's been playing well this year. I mean, that game just hurts him a bit. But never know how the rest of the season plays out. Um, Another MVP candidate that I think will finish top three this year. Maybe even potentially win it. Cowboys. They beat my Pats. In overtime. Dak Prescott, he set off this game. He had 350 pass yards, a few touchdowns at a pick. Uh, first time that um, Bill Belichick has given up that, mo- that many yards to uh, either like Dallas quarterback or a quarterback under this certain age, or I can't remember what the stat was, but it was – that kind of made somewhat of a history game against the Pats, but did you catch any of this game? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I had money on the Cowboys, so I was uh, rooting against your team there, but um, I just thought the Cowboys spread was a bit too small for how they've been playing, but fuck the Pats made this a good game, man. I was really surprised. Yeah, I um, I was very happy with... Um, their performance, I like. I think the Patriots are going to be a team where it's never going to be an easy game, no matter the opponent. Because the Pats, obviously on on paper, aren't 
the best team. Some people consider them a playoff team. Some people don't. Our offense isn't that good. I think the highlight of our offense is Mac Jones or Damian Harris, right? And our defense, I think Matthew Judon is playing up to, if not surpass his contract. Like, I think Judon's caused a lot of havoc. And J.C. Jackson's been solid. and But... We're like some people consider us a playoff team, some people don't, but we are like continuously like we say we like I'm on the team. The Pats are gonna play each team like hard. And I think it's always gonna be somewhat competitive, at least for the first bit of the game. But sometimes the team will just kind of take over. We could we could be like we're two and four right now. We could be five hundred or even four and two, in my opinion. Yeah, I think with Belichick, you guys are always going to be in close games. Yeah. And that's a big thing. And I think the thing that really sucked for you, that CD touchdown in OT, is you're kind of, if you're a path friend, you're like, fuck, I wish we would have had Stefan Gilmore for that to be yeah. guarding him, right? <laughs> exactly. But just think about, like, we could have beat the Dolphins, but Damian Harris fumbled in the red zone. That was brutal, too. Nick Folk missed a field goal to beat the Bucks, but there's still time on the clock, so Brady most likely would have come back. But we could have took the, a late lead against the Bucks. Who knows? Who knows what could have happened? We sucked against the Saints. We were terrible in that game, and then we are we got the wrong side of the coin against the Cowboys. And obvious, I mean, no, we had the ball, but we just like couldn't do anything with it. So. If we just made a few stops against the Cowboys, and Jacoby Myers had a touchdown, but got called back on a holding, so I think that like our record is better, is worse than how we've actually played this year, and yeah, I um, do you think and that I mean, those are close games against good teams too, right? So yeah, so I think it's a good sign moving forward at least. For sure. Do you think Dak could win MVP this year? I think so. I think the biggest thing for him is staying healthy because he's already uh, injured again, right? So if he can stay healthy, he'll definitely be in the talks, like probably top five. So Yeah, no, I agree. All right, we'll move on to your uh, Seahawks. They just lose to the Steelers 23-20. Um, uh, Big Ben's pump fake. That shit made me laugh so hard. He fumbled on a pump fake. Yeah. Um, I'll let you kind of take this over and let you talk about your Hawks, what you thought about it, what you think of Gino, and just kind of going forward about the team. Well, first time kind of being without Russ, right? It was in a long time. It felt like forever that that I've had to watch the Seahawks without Russ being the, the starting quarterback. And yeah. it was different, right? Even the vibe was different, like, when they were driving down to tie the game or whatever, I was like, if we had rest right now, I wouldn't even be fucking worried. But I'm shitting my pants right now. <laughs> you know, my, my quarterback. And I was like, now I know what it feels like to be a regular NFL fan, right? Yeah. And it was just like, I had faith in Gino, but just, I was a lot more nervous, and it was a fucking good game, though. The Hawks did manage to figure it out at halftime and make it into a good game. 
But oh, I was so pissed with that Gino fumble in overtime, man. It was like that, yeah, that Trey, was heartbreaking. Trey Brown, that rookie cornerback, came up, made a huge play to stop him on third down. Just absolutely stonewalled that guy right on the third down marker. I was fired up, and then uh, Gino comes out first fucking play, fumbles the ball. It yeah, was just like, it was just heartbreaking, right? Yeah. I mean, what a play by TJ Watt. He had like five guys on him, and then he breaks through all of them and um, fumble. If you're Gino, you got to hang on to the ball a bit better if you're running up the field. Can't be running with two hands, almost yeah. side to side. But I could only imagine how heartbreaking that would be. Yeah, they gave me they gave me all the hope, thinking they were going to pull it out, and then Gino just ripped my heart out. And it doesn't help that they were on, like, what, the 20 when it happened? Yeah, like they kicked the field goal on second down, I think it was. Yeah. Like it's not if it was a fumble on like in their uh territory. Or even then, like midfield or something yeah, like that. Then it still would have sucked, would have been like, okay, they still have to drive a bit. And with we Big have a Ben chance. Yeah, and with Big Ben, like you never know with the guy, right? But it was just like very it was like in the red zone pretty much, so it kinda sucks. Game over, yeah. Yeah. Monday, the um the Titans win a fucking close one over the Bills. Um, I think a lot of people had this going uh differently. I think a lot of people had the Bills crushing. But um Derrick Henry. <laughs> Derrick Henry, hundred and forty three yards and three touchdowns, including a seventy six yard touchdown. This like, is he even human? No, he's not from this planet, dude. Can't figure that out yet. <laughs> and to it, think this guy wasn't a starting quarterback right when he came, or sorry, starting running back right when he came in the league, fucking blows my mind. Who was the running back? Demarco ahead of Murray. Him? He was on the. He, he was on he, the Titans. Yeah, he went from the Cowboys to the Titans. Or, oh my. He went to the Cowboys and the Eagles or some shit like that. I can't remember, but yeah, he was playing in front of Derrick Henry, I'm pretty sure. That is unbelievable. I know. And he's, he's just, whoever has him in fantasy, they just get fucking bent over by him every week. In our points per first down league, yeah. he had like 52 points. Fucking how many first downs does he have, man? Like this was in week Two, he had yeah. like fifty-two points. That's fucked. And then he has back-to-back thirty-three-point weeks. Even more for PPR because he catches a few balls out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a, he's another level. But yeah, getting back to the game, um, it was a damn good game, man. I'm surprised the Bills really didn't pull it out, but um, great game to watch. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, like we're talking about uh, Antonio Brown. Is he back? Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's found a nice place in Buffalo for him because I yeah, think well, it's along the same lines as like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are getting the better matchups. Like I think I think Diggs and Beasley are getting the better matchups and then Sanders is kind of finding the weak link on that defense and he's getting open, he's getting downfield because he's not catching these little slants and out routes and stuff. Like he's he's making these 
20 yard catches, 15 yard catches, creating it to 40 yard after the run. Like he's like, and he's getting in the end zone too. So I think Sanders has found himself a nice home in Buffalo. Definitely, man. It's kind of resurrected his career. I mean, he was a damn good receiver when he was in Denver, right? Like he was their guy for so many years. So yeah, he was unbelievable. Kind of nice to see him find a new home and bounce back like that. For sure. Jesus, you got Vin Diesel outside your window there? Yeah. All the speed racers down the line of bypass. <laughs> Menaces to society. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you see that kickoff trickery from the Titans? No, I didn't. I missed it. Oh, it just um Buffalo, I think it was after a touchdown or a field goal or maybe it was the beginning of the half or something, but um they kicked it off to the left side and then the guy who was oh no, it was a punt. It was a punt, and um, a guy who was like blocking on Titans, like they're the basically attackers or whatever. Buffalo, he just yeah. ran back to the other side, like act like he was blocking, and then he just booked it to the other side of the field right. that the receiver was on, and then the guy caught it and threw it across to him. The guy who was blocking, he ran all the way back, and then the guy caught it, yeah, and then threw it over, and then he he got up to like Buffalo territory, but it was an illegal forward pass. And yeah. And it was, it was clearly forward. Like it was, it was called like, yeah. Even the announcers were like, Oh, this isn't going to count. Cause that was, (laughs) that was basically like an out route. He just threw, but it was, it was a cool attempt and like, it was a good idea. Because they, they, there was so much room on that side of the field. Like, he could have easily gotten within, like, the 30-yard line. And they are on their own, like, 10. Right. So you can do it if you throw lateral or backwards, I guess? Yeah. Oh, shit. That was cool for work. It, it was, like, five yards forward, like, yeah. across. So it was, like, it wasn't really... He had to run up to it. And he started right. in front of him. So, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's the NFL. Um, that was actually a good week. It was a very entertaining week. But um, we're going to touch on some NHL news. It was the first week of the NHL. And within that time, there was a few contracts signed. Um, the speculation of Brady Kachuk is over. That whole uh, saga is done. He signed a seven-year, $57.5 million contract that rounds out to just uh, under eight and a quarter annual uh, average annual value what were your thoughts on this contract do you think it's a bit overpaid do you think it's just right do you think he deserved a bit more uh i think it's pretty much just about right i mean he's kind of the heartbeat of that team right so they need to get him locked up and uh i think he still has a lot of growing to do and who knows, like maybe in a couple of years, if he keeps putting up more and more numbers every year, I mean, he kind of does everything too, so it kind of helps. Yeah. But if he can increase his offensive output as that Ottawa team kind of gets better and better once their their prospects kind of get up, I think uh, it's going to be a great deal for Ottawa. No, I, um, I, I kind of agree. I think it was a slight overpayment. Um, I think around seven, seven and a half was appropriate for him. I think eight and a, eight and a quarter is pretty steep because he just the production hasn't been there yet for the amount of chances he gets. I know he generates a lot, but I think the value of his chances aren't necessarily high. Like he's getting a lot of shots on net, but 
they're not like big scoring chances where it's just like a few more bounces his way and then he like gets like 20 more points. I think he needs a bit more production, but I think it's also a young Ottawa team that isn't quite there yet. And I think within a few years, his production could take a much bigger step. But I think it was just the value is just a bit over what I would have done. But I think similar to the Canucks, get him signed now and just worry about Just get him back to the roster. I right. think it's important just to get him going. And who knows, like once maybe some of those pieces like kind of start to build around him, like all that stuff could kind of work itself out, right? Yeah, exactly. Charlie McAvoy also signs. He signs with the Bruins. Eight years, $76 million, nine and a half average annual value. What are your thoughts these, on this one? All these number one D-men getting the bank, man. It's absurd. It's almost like a, like the number one D-man is almost getting more money than first-line fucking centers these days, man. I know. It's. I think it's just so important because I think the market's very low on like a number one defenseman. Like It's just so crazy valuable in this league. But yeah, they're getting the bag for sure. And just think about it. This isn't like, like this is in a flat cap world right now. So just think about if they're like the cap went up every year for the last like oh, two years. It's crazy. He could have got double digits. Who knows? Yeah. That's why but, I was like pretty pumped when I saw the Hughes contract. I was like, oh, okay, we got a pretty decent deal on Hughes, right? Yeah. I know it's only for six years, but that's all right. No, yeah, 100%. Because who knows? What if he has in his fifth, in his um last year of, um, RFA, which would be the fifth year of this contract, end of the fourth, uh, going like so the fifth to the end of the fifth. What if he has an absolutely unreal year? Unreal year, and we have a year of his um, unrestricted free agency at the term that we have him at now. So it just like it helps a lot buying that extra year because if he has. In his contract year or last year of RFA eligibility, what if he has an unreal year and he could just go somewhere else for more money, and yeah, we exactly. we have an extra year? So I yeah I also like the Hughes deal, but um, big news also came out uh, about Jimmy Hayes. Uh, Jimmy Hayes passed uh, a few months ago, and um, it came out that it was to do with fentanyl and cocaine in his system. So pretty heartbreaking to know that he was going through that and battling that sort of addiction or whether he relapsed after being sober for an X amount of time. I don't know his backstory, but um, I thought that was worth noting. And um, suspensions. So it's a crazy that we already have to talk about some suspensions in the league a week into the season. But uh, Dylan Larkin got suspended one one game for uh, roughing Matthew Joseph on the Lightning. Did you see this one? Yeah, he suckered him. <laughs> Just completely <laughs> put him on the clothesline. Didn't he punch him with his glove on still? Yeah. Yeah. He just went across and just... Because Joseph kind of... He like, ran him from behind. Like, yeah. Or at least like it could have been a lot worse than it was. 
Joseph kind of held up, but yeah. But yeah, Larkin did not like that, and yeah, he uh, he got him pretty good. I saw that. And I'm like, well, he's he's. I'm gonna be hey. getting a notification within a couple of days. Hey, good to see a guy stick up for himself, though, man. Yeah, especially captain, captain of the team. Yeah, yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, uh, Landeskog, two games for boarding on Kirby Dock. Did you see this one? Yeah, it was ugly. That I'm, he's lucky with two games, in my opinion. Yeah, he's like on one knee, kind of just dumping the puck. Completely and, uh, defenseless, because no matter if he's aware of it, he can't do anything about that, because he's on one knee. He has no stability to protect I himself. I don't even think he was aware of it, because he was yeah. kind of like focused down ice trying to dump the puck, and Landeskog kind of came like almost like blind spot yeah. to him, yeah. and just kind of buried him, right? Oh, I... Yeah, I know that he wasn't aware, but I'm saying even if he was aware that Landis Cog was coming after him, there's nothing he could do about it because of the position he was in. Yeah. But the fact that he wasn't aware and completely defenseless, being on one knee and having no stability to even throw a reverse hit brace himself or, or brace himself, I think it was a very dangerous hit. And the amount of force that Landis Cog was putting behind that, like he was... He drove him. Yeah, it was it was a ugly hit, and it was yeah. I think Doc is lucky to be okay, and Landeskog is lucky with only two games, in my opinion. And especially because like you could, I mean, it's hard to say in the situation because it's such a bang bang play, and like hockey's such a fast paced game. But Doc really wasn't get, like going to be skating away with the puck or anything. You could clearly see he was just trying to dump the puck and probably change or something like that. And yeah, Landeskog kind of just came in a little too hot. And Yeah, I agree. I don't think he needed to do that at all. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of unnecessary. Yeah. But probably the biggest suspension of them all, Evander Kane suspended 21 games for violating NHL's um, COVID policies. He uh, had a fake vaccination card. Yeah, I know. I read that. Kind of like, fuck, what's this guy got to do to get out of the spotlight, right? This guy is not helping himself. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's, he, it's never ending with this guy. Like, I don't think he was going to be playing for 20 games anyway. But, I mean, first the allegations and then more allegations about gambling and then this and it's like buddy when's it gonna end yeah like you're such a talented hockey player and you're just losing so much it's i think he just needs to fight one of the paul brothers and (laughs) do something (laughs) do you see that he called out both of them like multiple multiple times yeah and everyone was like what's this beef behind like why is he like going out of his way to try and get a fight and then, like, two days later, he, like, filed for bankruptcy, and it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Uh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, some injury things. Kucherov is out indefinitely, and I find this super hilarious because... We're doing it on purpose, man. <laughs> the injury was undisclosed, and I put this on my story today. I was like... Oh, Cooch, we're not performing the way we should be right now. Just go on LTIR and then come back for playoffs. Or, and then uh, I saw another TikTok and, uh, about Jack Eichel rumors. 
And it was like, Cooch just went on the LTIR, or he's going to be out indefinitely, so they're going to have $9 million in cap space. Probably. Like, don't be surprised if he's on the... (laughs) They trade for Jack Eichel, and then, like, come playoff time, they have Cooch, Eichel, Point, Stamkos. Mind you, Eichel would have to get his neck surgery still, so... Yeah, but if they provide the surgery, he'll be back by playoffs. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, that'd be wild. Because they could he they could still put Eichel on the LTIR, right? Yeah. As soon as he gets his surgery. Yeah, keep him on there until playoffs and then bring Cooch back whenever he's ready. So then they still have both of them. That wouldn't even be fair. That would be so dumb. I'd be pissed. I, I doubt that ever happened, but uh, hey man, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. I just fucking feel bad for Jack Eichel, man. Get that guy out of Buffalo. Sorry, gotta make t-shirts or something. Yeah, well, I've I think I've brought it up on every single episode because of just how ridiculous the organizations are and how they're still a legal franchise in the sports world. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. But uh, Crosby and Besser are set to return this week. Uh, Besser is expected to play Tuesday. We are recording this on Monday, so the game would have already happened when you've heard this. But um. Some big news. I found this very interesting. Jordan Samuels Thomas. He's a ref, a black ref in the AHL, and he is set to become the first black referee in the NHL. In um, he's yeah, he's set to become the first black re- black referee in more than seventeen years in the NHL. So that's really cool when that comes to fruition. Um, I hope it gets to the point where this isn't um big news because. I hope it's just the way of the world. And crazy to think that there hasn't already been one, man. Yeah, it that surprised that shocked me when I read that. Um, that's why I felt like I wanted to put it in. But I, like I said, I just hope this doesn't get to the point where this is like big news anymore, right? I just hope it's a standard, not necessarily yeah, like go out of your way to do it. But I mean, if someone's qualified, then they're qualified, right? Like I just hope it's not like breaking news that um, there's called refs in the league, but. Nonetheless, congrats to the guy, and I'm excited to see him in the league uh, whenever that comes. But I wanted to talk about the Canucks because um, I am a Canucks fan, and I am the host, so I can do whatever I want. And um, Canucks, they are 1-1-1, and in my opinion, I think they've been the best team in each of those three games. I don't know if you've watched any of them, or all of them, or none of them, but Against the Oilers, I think they came out slow, and despite being down 2 nothing in the game, they came back 2-2, and I think they were still the better team. Just Mike Smith was playing very good. I think they ran into hot goalies in two of the first three games. Despite a 3-1 loss on Detroit, I think, obviously, you can say they should if this happened, blah, 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 but... They had an opportunity to tie the game, and I think Rathbone missed a complete wide-open net and hit the post. It was absurd that he missed, and then they hit the empty net to make it 3-1. But have you watched any of the Canucks? Yeah, I watched their uh, season opener. Um, they, they definitely did, like you said, start slow, but then they kind of got their feet under them, which was good to see. Um, the thing that's bugging me about them right now is fucking chase on on pp1 like what the hell is that all about man 
I think they're trying to play his contract into existence. Like they're trying to make themselves look good for signing him. So they're going to try and set him up to succeed. Because if they don't use him for something, then what's the point in signing him? I think they're trying to like, okay, just go on PP1 and make us look good. Why that's, though? That's put, only my theory. Put, that's put Hoagland or someone out there, man. I agree. Garland. Garland's yeah, not on PP one. You're paying well, Garland. Well, now that we, now that Bester's back, he'll be on PP one for sure. But yeah, fuck no, me. It's like I couldn't believe that when I saw it. It's like, what the fuck is Travis Green doing, man? Yeah, I I have no idea. But what I do love about the Canucks power play is that we have depth at the quarterback position in OEL and Hughes. You can kind of switch them back and forth, throw them on the same one. Um, but knowing, having at least one of those guys quarterback in the power play I think is huge because I think it's a very needed position on a power play, someone who can fiz- facilitate the puck well. And last year we had to run two defensemen because our second unit was so bad. But I think once Besser comes back, that second unit's going to strengthen and um, I just I love the additions so far. Yeah, they yeah. definitely look like a more uh, stable, put together team, right? Yeah, it's just again, I'm really interested to see how the season's going to go on, and hopefully, like have all those new guys because they are there is quite a few new guys on the team. So hopefully, they can just as season goes on, maybe just gel a bit better, and hopefully, we're in the playoffs again this year, buddy. No, I yeah, I think the Canucks have looked faster. They've looked stronger. They've looked feistier. They've, um, I think they're like they've outshot their opponents in every single game, and I, that was a huge problem for us last year. We couldn't get any shots on net. We were being out outchanced, outshot every single yeah. game. Pepper we were, every game. But like Demko or Markstrom was standing on their head, and then, um we would win like 2-1 somehow and we were clearly the worst team. So it was kind of a false reality. But I think we look better than we have in years past and we're 1-1-1. One, one one. That Edmonton game, um, we I think we could have won that one. I don't think it should have. Like, I just think we should have been in it from the start, but that's the first game of the season, so that's okay. The game against Philly, it should not have gotten to a shootout. No, we had you, the lead. We just pissed it away. Did you see that Ekman Larson uh, penalty? No, I didn't. He batted the puck, and it hit someone, hit a Philly guy in the face, Konechny, I think, and they called uh, OEL for slashing. The puck hit him in the face. The puck hit him in the face, so they called and they called OEL for slashing, and then they scored on that power play. And then they scored on the empty when they were a man up. Right. So I don't think, and we were outplaying them as well. At least I mean, we, pulled out, we pulled out the win in that one. Yeah. So it's like, but I just don't think it should have gotten to a shootout. It should have been done in regulation. We were getting absolutely shit on in the first period. But then I think from the second on, we were the much better team. And then that game against Detroit, we were dominating that game, but Grice stood on his head too, and we just weren't capitalizing on our chances. So I'm very um, optimistic about this team going forward, and I'm excited excited to see how the season turns out. Me too. And also, Myers' contract is all okay now. 
after that Duncan Keith hit. That's we buried him in the corner, man. Yo, he steamrolled Duncan <laughs> Keith. And after years of complaining about his contract, I am okay now. It is fine. All all is forgotten. But um is there anything else that you wanted to bring up, whether it's Canucks, NHL, or football related? No, I think we've kind of touched on everything, man. It's been great. It's been awesome. And Tanner, as you know on the show, we do a thing called Time for the Press. And uh, this week is a busy one. We got some questions. We got six questions here. Oh, boy. A couple of them we've kind of covered already. Um, this one comes from Matthias. Uh, he says, why are the Dolphins so bad? He's a Dolphins fan. So he's kind of feeling, he's in the feels right now. But um, why do you think the Dolphins are so bad right now? Uh, I think it's a bit to do with luck, but losing Tua didn't help. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch friggin' Dolphins games, man. Yeah, I think Dolphins got away. They they could easily be 0-6 right now. Um, because who knows what would have happened if Harris doesn't fumble in the red zone week one, and if it goes into overtime. But I just think Brissett never like he like just barely kept him in games when there's chances he could have stole games for them like he was just a bit too conservative and then he was making stupid turnovers so i just think the dolphins are just in a they're scrambling right now in my opinion i just don't think a lot's going right for them but i think that's why they're bad right now um this one comes from sean sieb We've also kind of covered this. Um, what do you think about Charlie McAvoy's contract? Too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right, in my opinion. I think and, it's going right, going right for a number one D-man right now, man. Yeah, and I think he's solid both ways. He's young, and yeah, I just think he's a top three to five defenseman in the league, and I think that's what they're going for. So I think it's a just right. Um, also from Sean... Uh, where does Mark Andrews rank amongst tight ends in the league this season? Mm. I'm just trying to think of guys ahead of him. So Kelsey's still ahead of him. Kittle's been hurt. Waller's kind of been so-so. So give, I'll say two. I'll give him two. He's, I think, at worst, top three. Yeah. But I would say two as well. Yeah. He's been balling out, especially the past two weeks. You could say Devin Knox or Dawson Knox is Dawson up there. Knox, yeah. Uh TJ Hawkinson has done well. He's done I think he's a he okay. Maybe like top seven. Bad team, so it's hard tough for him to succeed, yeah. right? But I th- I easily think Mark Andrews is top three, and I think he sits at two, just like you, what you yeah, said. Yeah, he's, he's definitely two right now, for sure, top three. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Hayden Barton also uh, asks, how do you guys feel about the Seattle Seahawks? Well, they're my favorite team, so I love the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I don't love the division they're in, because it's like, how do doesn't, you get out of it? Yeah, Especially it now, that they're, now they're two and four. Sorry. Are they are they last? What's San Fran at? They had, did they have a bye this week? Yeah, San Fran's on bye, so 
Yeah. Uh, what's San Fran at? They're it's... two and three. Okay. They're on by, so. Two and three. So. I think now with, I hate to say it, but I don't think they're going to make playoffs this year with no Russ. Yeah, I don't what, think so either. At least six more weeks, just that division. Zona, Arizona is 6-0. Rams are the fucking Rams. Yeah. So I just think it's that division. There's no way they're going to make it make it out yeah i um i uh agree unfortunately um this one comes from moslenko he has a two-parter who's going to have the most successful career between mccarr hughes and fox let me think about it for a sec fuck that's a hard question it's very hard fox just wins the nora so it's like okay McCarr was in was nominated as well, but he was hurt. So he could have won the Norris last year. It's just disguised by injuries. And then I'm like biased because of Hughes too. So I'll, um, say, I'll say this right now as a Canucks fan, Hughes has the worst career out of the out, out of the three. But it's not gonna be bad. Yeah, exactly. It's not gonna be bad, but it's probably not gonna be as good as those two guys. Um I'm going to say Makar. I think so. So young. I think so too. Both young defensemen, both unreal players. I think Fox is better all around, but uh, the drop off defensively isn't big. I still think Makar is solid defensively, just not as good as Fox. And I think they can both produce on offense. But I just think with the team around Makar, it's a young, dynamic team with McKinnon, Rantanen. I think that team's going to be dangerous for a very long time. So I think Makar's going to have the um, most successful career, but it's going to be so exciting to watch those three guys in action. Yeah. The second part, uh, whose contract is the most favorable? Now let me go through them. Makar just signed a six-year, $54 million deal, $9 million mm-hmm. average. Yeah. Hughes signed a six-year, $47.1 million, That's 7.85 average. Fox is still on his ELC. Yeah, he makes what? 925K a year. But he's in his final year. So how much is he going to be worth? I'm thinking around 9 to 10. I'm thinking around Seth Jones type number for him. So like 9, like 9, 9 and a half? If he has a comparable year to last year, yes. Around Seth Jones kind of Wierenski type number. Yeah. And right now he has, I think, a plus positive plus minus, and he has like two points in three games. So he's off to a, a decent start. And Rangers are po- supposed to have an uptick this year. So who's? It's hard to say with Fox right now, though. It's hard to say with Fox. Yeah, it's kind. Of, so the question was the best contract. Yeah, whose contract is most favorable? Most favorable. I'd say looking at, I'd have to say Hughes, just because. It's that, that like seven million mark, which is like gives the Canucks a bit of extra breathing room with the cap, and it might not be as long as those other deals. I mean, once Fox signs, it's going to be a probably max length deal, right? Yeah, so, I mean it's the same length as McCarr, they're both six year deals, right? And um, Hughes is just over a mil um, cheaper, but I think McCarr is on a deal. I think he could he could have gotten more oh, than nine yeah. mil. So yeah. I think it's a little bit fabricated. But I think 
in the certain situation, I think Hughes is more favorable because I think the foundation he set for himself, he can only improve defensively. And he already has a very amazing... He's good everywhere else. It's just like his defensive um, metrics aren't that good. I think his size plays his size plays into that as well. But I think, uh, in my opinion, I think all their contracts are going to be solid because of how good of players they are and value and how value. <laughs> I have felt that coming as I was talking, <laughs> and it just like it came, but uh. No, I think with how valuable these guys are to their team, I think all their contracts are going to be serviceable. I don't think any fan base is going to dislike it unless Fox gets like $12 million a year, like unless it's something crazy. But I doubt, I think it's going to be between like eight and a half to 10 around yeah. there. But I definitely think Hughes is definitely the most team friendly, though, or best yeah. bargain. Yeah, I think so as well. Just because of their situation too. Tanner, this was a ton of fun. Um, I appreciate you coming on and giving your knowledge and insight on the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks specifically, and the NFL. Where can the people find you? You know, you can uh, follow me at, at Tanner Ennick on Instagram and Twitter, and don't do any of that TikTok bullshit. So don't even try it. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. But I uh, plugged myself at the beginning of the show, but find everything for the show at left side heavy underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left side heavy under. I already said that. Um, but, uh, and YouTube, left side heavy. Be sure to subscribe. You can catch this full video YouTube uh, episode. And uh, Tanner, once again, thank you so much for coming on. You're always a solid guest on the show, constant reoccurring guest. And as for you listeners, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. I just got a leg off. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone. There's no need for discussion. I just really loved how you get low. But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty and we're being ten toes. Ten toes. I, I just got a leg off. Call me a Benzo. Pay it all cash.